if you are some kind of challenges on a daily basis, you know, investigation and doing the technical stuff interests you, I think it's the perfect role to start with. I'm Sean Cheatham, the Chief Commercial Officer at Hayes, and welcome to How Did You Get That Job? a podcast which explores the secrets behind career success in the tech industry. In this episode, we meet Julie Pearl Matera, who is the SOC manager at the CyberQ Group. We'll be chatting to Julie about her love for the cybersecurity industry and how her passion has led to coaching those who are new to the industry. We'll then talk about technology in the Philippines. And like always, we'll look to the future and ask Julie about how security is shaping up and what to look forward to. Hey, Julie, it's great to have you on the podcast. Now, you're the SOC manager at CyberQ Group. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about your role, what it entails, and how you fit into the wider operation of the company? As a SOC manager, I manage the people, the technology, and the processes. I'm responsible for the people's training and development. I manage their career path, schedule, you know, and administrative tasks that concern people management. And I keep myself up to date when it comes to technology and also my team, and see how these new technologies will fit into the daily processes of the security operations and the business in general. And Julie, how do you know that you're being successful in the role? SOC has different models and capabilities and maturity. So we set our goals based on those aspects, and I would say successful. And I know that the operations and my team are aligned with the vision of CyberQ Group which is, you know, to build cyber resilience into the fabric of the organization we serve and in return, giving quality service to our customers. And so tell me, how did you get that job? The role was offered to me by my previous senior manager when I was at Verizon, who is now the CEO of CyberQ Group here in Asia Pacific. I was then an incident responder and he initially offered me the technical lead role at CyberQ Group. So basically, I'm going to be leading a group of SOC analysts, and I believe they appreciated my contribution as a technical lead, and I got promoted as SOC manager after a couple of months. Prior to CyberQ, you worked for Verizon as a security consultant, and then before this, you had several roles where you worked as an engineer. How about you walk us through the differences of roles and then the progressions you had? I graduated as electronics engineer and started my career working in a semiconductor company, but then I realized that it is something I don't want to do for the rest of my career. I decided for a career shift. And then fortunately, I was able to land a job as a network engineer in a telecommunications company where I started learning the possibilities of a cybersecurity career path. At that time, cybersecurity is not a well-known industry here. And getting solid experience and landing a job is quite difficult. I pursued several certifications uh, related to cybersecurity while most of my colleagues are pursuing certifications in networking. I had a mentor at that time, and he said, in five years' time, lots of cybersecurity opportunities will be available locally and abroad. So I got my first certification. However, I did not have enough experience to enter a cybersecurity role. So I stayed in a network engineer role in an international law firm, but on the side, I never stopped studying and getting more certifications, you know, hoping one day I will be able to land a job specific to cybersecurity. You know, the same mentor gave me a link about the entry-level role as a SOC analyst. And I tried and lucky enough, I got my first job in cybersecurity. 
you know, after more than two years of experience as a SOC analyst, I tried the incident responder role, which opened a lot of opportunity to where I am now. The difference between being in network infrastructure and cyber, I mean, what do you feel like is really the attraction that took you to cyber? Obviously, the opportunity level, but what are the things that you enjoy about that role? There is so many new things going on when it comes to technology, when it comes to cyber attacks. So when it comes to all of the things that are related to security, all of them kind of exciting every day. When you are doing your role, doing some investigation, learning new vulnerabilities and how you're going to defend the organization, nothing is boring, nothing is mundane. And yeah, it's easy to learn new things every day. Listeners, if you'd like to know more about choosing the right tech role for you, writing a resume for the technology industry, and even tips on how to prepare for an interview, then check the insights section at expertsintechnology.haze.com. Now, this is a part of the podcast where we'd like to talk a little bit more about you. I mean, how did you fall in love with security and what does it mean to you today? The best thing about security is that there are so many domains or specializations to choose from. If you want to be on the offensive side, like penetration testing, or be on the blue team or defensive side, like the operations center. If you want to pursue a career that is, you know, very technical in nature, there are so many options to choose from, from malware analysis, forensics, you know, incident response and vulnerability management. If you want to pursue a career but don't want to be that much technical, you have the governance, risk, and compliance. So one can, you know, pursue a career in the management path, sales, so the possibilities are endless. Being in this field and now sharing my experiences and skills with my team and CyberQ group means a lot to me. I just felt that, you know, all of my hard work before has now come to fruition and work in a field that I'm very passionate about. It's an opportunity of a lifetime. Now, when we first met, you spoke about how hard it is to succeed in the tech industry in the Philippines. Can you tell us a little bit more about the tech landscape in the Philippines and and what those challenges have been for you to overcome? When I learned cybersecurity here in the Philippines, it is very difficult to get an entry-level position. So if you do not have actual experience, especially with the tools and technologies being used by most companies like SIEM, and most universities here in the Philippines that time do not offer yet higher education like a master's degree. So the only option is to get certifications that you know most human resources will look for in a resume like Certified Ethical Hacking Certification or Comptia Related or those that are vendor specific. So I needed to invest time to study and, you know, work. Most of my certifications are personally sponsored. So yeah, it is indeed a lot of hard work. Right now, local universities are including cybersecurity in their curriculum. And here in CyberQ Group, we are also accepting interns, which are of great help to graduates if they want to pursue a career in cybersecurity. In our most recent episode with Ellen Wu, she mentioned how she undertook her degree in technology. Then she mentioned how it helped give her a head start and relate better with her colleagues. Now, you've taken on the certificate route in training. What has that experience been like for you? You know, it's really hard to tell what you really want in the early stage of your career. It's just so happened that I realized that security is something that I really want to do early on. Certifications and self-paced training are good starts. However, you know, if you want opportunities to come, it is good that you establish a good relationship with your colleagues and you find a good mentor. Here in the Philippines, the IT community is still relatively small. So, I mean, referrals are very common here. 
So having a solid technical background, being a team player and establishing good relationships with the right people, it will surely open doors for you. You presently spend a lot of your time working with people who are new to the industry and your role is to guide them, you know, through the challenges and experiences. I mean, talk more about this. You know, what are you helping with in particular and, and what type of results are you seeing? Part of the challenge in cybersecurity, it's very broad. It's really hard to tell where to start. Uh, in CyberQ Group, we accept interns and through their internship period, I'm trying to expose them to possible roles of positions in cybersecurity, such as the SOC, incident response, digital forensics, penetration testing, malware analysis, and the like. One success story is that I had an intern and cybersecurity was not one of her interests in the beginning. But at the end of her internship, she saw the possibilities. We offered her a role and she accepted it. She's now doing a great job as an analyst. And now I'm guiding the team on how to progress in their technical career. And so, Julie, out of interest, how does that relate to the career advice you give the people based in the West? I know that you offer a master's degree in the UK. So it's easy to start early on with cybersecurity. Here in the Philippines, if you want to have a master's degree, it's really, really expensive. Like I inquired one time, it's going to cost me a million pesos. That's like $17,000, is that correct? For someone who's like a new graduate, it's going to be hard to invest that much money. <laughs> yeah, and that really is. Now, Julie, what has being a leader taught you about yourself? Actually, I have a five-year-old son, and it's no difference in leading a team. Like my son, one whole company, managing him and my family. So yeah, it's kind of just being passionate to what you do in a daily basis, but to, to the people, you know, know them, what are their motivations? Because at the end of the day, it's the people who's actually doing the business, the nitty gritty of things. You can deal with the processes, you can deal with the technology, but, you know, dealing the people, it's the, the most difficult part. And yeah, if you want to keep up with the business, you should take care of the people. I know my boss compares me to a five-year-old at times as well. So it's like managing a five-year-old. So. <laughs> now, Julie. On how do you get that job, one of the hottest trends and topics that we talk about is really around women in the tech industry. When we first met, you mentioned how you feel empowered as a woman in tech. Is it possible you can talk more about this feeling and the experiences you've encountered? This year, women hold only 25% of cybersecurity jobs. And there is a myth that cybersecurity is only a field for men. And I think most women are perceived not being technically inclined. I had this one experience before. The interviewer is known to hire women most of the time, and it was not perceived in a good way. It's like, oh, he's only accepting pretty faces, etc. So I actually asked him why I was chosen over other candidates. And he said he was impressed with how I answered questions technically. And he actually has a preference for working with women because women in general are very keen on details and good at multitasking. And another interesting fact, in some parts of the world, IT-related jobs are still not interested to women. So the notion of being part of that representation globally, that 25% is empowering enough. So whenever I give a talk on cybersecurity, especially to graduating students, I encourage them, you know, especially women in particular, that cybersecurity is a field we should not be afraid to explore. And being here in a career led by men in number is something you can be proud of.
Now, let's talk a little bit on the future. How do you think your role as a stock manager is going to change in the coming years? The future of stock is focusing more on the skills instead of tiers. And also with automations and artificial intelligence coming into the picture, I'm seeing I'm managing a team that is not only capable of, you know, identifying threats, doing ice and glass monitoring, but also capable of being, you know, threat hunters, threat intelligence researchers and incident responders. And the industry is rapidly changing and developing because bad people are innovating with different tools. So what is the plan for CyberQ to stay on top of everything? We adapt to the changes that's currently going on. So we study new technologies, you know, just such as artificial intelligence, blockchain technology, Internet of Things. Most organizations are now migrating to the cloud. It is the new trend. So as you mentioned, the same thing as cyber attacks getting more sophisticated and complex. So the demand for cybersecurity services as well as cybersecurity professionals, you know, it's growing. And there are so many things coming into the picture, like Zero Trust, SOAR, the automation and the operations. So we always keep up to date on the new trends, studying all of those new technologies. And how do you know that the technologies, because there's so many things out there now. I mean, how do you know that the tech that you're evaluating for your, your organization are the right things, the right tools? Yes, there are so many technologies. There are so many vendors out there. And it's really hard to tell really which one is the best which one offers you can maximize their potential when it comes to services. So it's more on looking into it, doing some, we call it proof of value or proof of concept. So testing it on the ground, looking what it is capable of doing and offering. And then looking at the people, if they are you know capable of learning or the learning curve or is very steep. So it depends on my current team, the processes, and then the capabilities of the new technologies. Now, for the people listening, what should they be looking to learn? Looking at the new trends, like, for example, when it comes to technology, there are so many new technologies. Like, for example, they're going to be offering just specific to malware, to ransomware, and they offer like free trials for the technology. You know, just don't be afraid to try them, to look into the features there are so many vendors out there and then, yes, they offer almost different features, but they are kind of offering like specific to their services. So you're going to know this one is different to this one by this kind of feature. It's really hard to tell because like, for example, we have this kind of studying all of the SIM platform, the SIEM, and also the SOAR platform. They have almost of the same features basically, but... When it comes to analyst perspective, they prefer this kind of SIEM or SOAR because it has this kind of feature that is very helpful to the operation. So it differs on how it's going to help the operations in particular. What do you look for when recruiting for your team? Is it talent or is it having the right attitude? Talent is a plus. In cybersecurity, there are specific roles that require specific skills. But having the right attitude will give someone better opportunities. So nowadays, there are so many platforms that offer educational courses, right? You can learn a skill or two by just watching YouTube videos. So skills can be learned so easily nowadays. But, you know, having the right attitude goes a long way. I believe if there's one thing I can be proud of, it's my work ethic. 
So during the pandemic, honestly, my ex-colleagues were coming to me and offering me different cybersecurity roles. Your name will never come to someone else's mind if you are not that colleague that everyone wants to work with, right? So from a mentor's perspective, I would prefer training someone who knows nothing but is passionate enough and has the willingness to learn rather than someone who has all the talent but, you know, is too proud and not open to instructions. So you say there's a shortfall in the security industry. So for someone listening right now to our podcast, what would you say to them to consider when getting into the security industry? Try to explore all the possibilities in cybersecurity. If it's something that interests you, start now. Start as soon as possible because we have a shortage when it comes to cybersecurity professionals internationally. So there are so many opportunities here. If you are some kind of challenges on a daily basis, if something that, you know, investigation and doing the technical stuff interests you, I think it's the perfect role to start with. So, Julie, it's Cybersecurity Month. What does that mean to you as a cybersecurity professional? I think it's some kind of celebratory moment for some professionals like me. Because honestly, uh, it's my first time hearing that there's a cybersecurity month. I've been in my role like an analyst and doing a lot of stuff like on a business perspective. It's very, very new to me to, you know, as I've mentioned, doing this podcast is my first time. Because when you're an analyst, you're just sitting on your laptop doing your daily tasks and you never see the business side of the cybersecurity. So it kind of excites me really that my voice has been heard and I'm giving such a huge impact when it comes to cybersecurity. And then finally, what are your long-term career goals and aspirations? I started working as an analyst, which is purely technical. And then I jumped into management or leadership path. In the beginning, I don't have any idea that I will fit into the role. So it is something that I enjoy at the moment. And I still have so many things to learn as a leader. I also want to take part in encouraging new generations and women to explore the world of cybersecurity. It is a career path that opens doors to lots of opportunities. And as the attacks are getting sophisticated over time, so as the technology, the learning process, you know, which means in this field, nothing is constant. Julie, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Thank you also for having me. That was Julie Pearl Matira, the SOC Manager at CyberQ Group. Now, my thoughts on Julie's, you can clearly hear right through the interview, the passion Julie has for the security industry. And I love her comment on how the right attitude goes a long way. Julie also talks about the challenges of people wanting to get into cyber in the Philippines are truly more money challenges because in the Philippines, the cost to achieve a higher education in cyber is prohibitive for most people. But with hard work and passion, you can still achieve success as Julie has proved. And finally, Julie believes security is an attractive career choice because it is so diverse and things change so often that no two days are the same. Considering it is Cybersecurity Month, it was great to have Julie on the show to spotlight different roles and aspects of security that we haven't explored yet in this program. I'm Sean Cheatham, the Chief Commercial Officer at Hayes, and you've been listening to How Did You Get That Job? To discover more about Hayes, visit our website at expertsintechnology.hayes.com. And to never miss an episode, make sure you hit follow wherever you get your podcasts.